What is cooking, everyone? What is going on? You've reached Barbecue 2 Movies. This is scriptwriter Steve. Today is Friday. That is April 16th, 2021. Yeah, it's 3.19 a.m. in the morning. Man, I love this music. It makes me feel good. The title of it, by the way, is called The Greatest. But you know what? Our country is not the greatest right now. I tell you what, Joe Biden, boy, can he suck it. And boy, does he suck at being president. Our southern border is just out of control. Our gas prices are out of control. (laughs) The way we're handling COVID is out of control. I don't understand why. I see Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and his entire staff who are fully inoculated walking around with two masks. I really don't understand that. I don't even understand Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci comes out there about a week ago encouraging everyone to take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. He even criticizes Tucker Carlson for having, I guess, a skeptical opinion of vaccines. And it's okay. It's okay to be skeptical of vaccines. It's okay. All right. And I'll explain to you why early well later, but I did do it in an earlier podcast, but I'll explain it to you again. Right. But get this. So he criticizes Tucker Carlson. Then he comes out just the other day after the CDC and CDC. And I think the FDA suspend recommend suspending and halting the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. He says, well, you got to be careful. Got to be careful about these vaccines. What? (laughs) This guy, he's not a doctor of anything. I mean, he holds the title of America's doctor, but he hasn't treated any patients and he knows nothing, absolutely nothing about viruses. Let's not forget, this guy was an anti-mask guy before. And he was against masks and saying, hey, they're not actually that, that very, that not very effective at all. And then now he's saying, well, you should wear double. Oh, you should wear triple. Double or triple, just like baseball. <laughs> I just hate this guy's voice, too. Oh, my God, does it trigger me? And I, and I, may, I, I make fun of his voice so often that I, I can almost do it with my eyes closed. And when he, especially when he says, you got to be careful. He always says, you got to be careful. Got to be real careful out there. <laughs> it almost sounds like the crocodile hunter, right? <laughs> okay, so anyway... As far as Hawaii goes, if you're wondering, things in Hawaii have been going very, very good. Uh, not oh, Specifically Oahu, our infections are way down. On the other islands, uh, infections are kind of you know, teetering off. But here's the thing. You know, again, I believe COVID is done and over with. You know, I predicted that COVID would be done and over with by April. And I think I'm correct. Now, why do I think I'm correct? Well, here's the thing. Last week, Sunday... The entire United States, <laughs> we only had, I think, 290-something deaths caused from COVID, okay? 290 deaths. One is too much, but only 290. That's not a much. So how many people died from the flu that day? 331. <laughs> so that wasn't in the news. I found out that stat by myself. So I looked at it. There were 331 influenza deaths on Sunday. So more people died from influenza than COVID on Sunday. And here's, here in Hawaii, I'm not sure how many people died from influenza, but they're not, you know, releasing it. But we've had either zero 
deaths in Hawaii, and maybe there's one or two. And of those people who are dying, they are the elderly. And here on Oahu, uh, here on, I think in the state of Hawaii, most of the elderly and vulnerable have been vaccinated. And okay, and this is going to upset, upset the anti-vaxxers out there, but this vaccine does seem to prevent COVID spread, COVID from spreading and from COVID from, I guess, infecting a person who's taken the vaccine. There is no doubt about it that it actually works, okay? These aren't just shadow statistics or like the government trying to, I guess, manipulate everything out there. These vaccines actually work. The question is that, are they safe or not? So we don't know about that, okay? We don't know if it's safe or not. Now, for all the people who I know who have taken it, some have gotten bad side effects, most of the people who I've taken the Pfizer Moderna, they just got a you know sore arm, right? Uh, my father had no side effects whatsoever. My mom had a sore arm. I have a friend of mine. Uh, he got hit pretty hard with side effects on there, but he's on the younger side. I think he's in his late forties. Um, so I'm not sure if like you know, being affected with COVID and recovering is actually better for him. Now here's also what I'm thinking too here. So. I think it's actually better to get infected and recovered than to actually get the vaccine. To be infected with the antibodies, you know, of like you know, to be an asymptomatic spreader. In other in other words, right? If you if you get if you have gotten COVID and you have are you you're asymptomatic, your body can actually still generate the the antibodies and the T cell memory. So that's actually better because you won't even know you're you're sick. And here's the thing. Here's what they found out. If you have natural immunity to COVID, we're talking about if you had the common cold and you have T cell memory. Now, antibodies generated, generated from the common cold do not work against COVID, all right? But T cell memory seems to have, I guess, a big factor in it, all right? They can't really prove it 100%, but they really do believe that. Now, here's the other thing. Now, even though if you had COVID, um, your antibodies, they're not sure how long that will last, but... Your T cell memory, they believe that may last a lifetime or may last a very, very long time. Now, why do they think that? Do you know how many people got reinfected in America that they, that they can actually trace? We're not talking about false positive tests and then a person getting you know, a positive COVID test later on with symptoms. There have been cases where a person tested positive for COVID, all right? They, they said, oh, they're, they're, they're positive. Then they take the antibody test later on and they find out, well, their body didn't create any antibodies. That means the PCR test was negative. And then they get actually tested later on because they have symptoms and they're positive for COVID. That means that the first test was a misdiagnosis, right? But here's the funny thing. When they find out it's misdiagnosed, they don't take that one off the tally, off the people who are actually infected. They just want that number to climb. So there goes another like, you know... <laughs> Another bad thing about the CDC and John Hopkins, they just want to show that COVID numbers start climbing. Anyway, with all that being said, there was only one person in the entire United States who actually got reinfected. Now, that means your odds of actually getting reinfected if you already had COVID is, you know, you have a better chance of winning a million dollars at McDonald's Monopoly, which won't happen, right? You have a better odds of like getting struck by lightning, which basically won't happen. In fact, you have a better odds of getting struck by lightning, struck by lightning than winning the lottery. Okay. I think you have a better odds. You have better odds of getting struck by lightning twice than winning the Powerball. That's how rare it is to win the Powerball. And you have a much better chance of winning the Powerball than getting infected by COVID once you've already gotten 
COVID from before. Okay, so why should a person who has gotten COVID <laughs> take the vaccine? I just don't understand that. And here's the other thing. They're finding out that people in South Africa and all over other parts of Africa, people who have gotten infected with COVID and recovered have not gotten reinfected with the new strains. So apparently, if you have been infected and have recovered before, when new strains of COVID come out, well, guess what? You're immune to those. And that way, if you actually build up a natural herd immunity, we're talking, we're talking people, natural herd immunity means not through the vaccines, but people who gotten infected and have recovered, then that herd immunity lasts for much longer than those built up with the vaccine. Now, we're not even sure how long these antibodies created by the vaccines will actually last in our body. Will it be one year? Will it be two years? Will it be forever? We don't know. We honestly do not know whatsoever. So with that being said, you know, you can take it for what I say, all right? You can take it for what I say and say, Steve is just preaching a bunch full of crap or he's preaching the truth. I don't really care. I really don't care. And why do I not care? Because your opinion to me doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt me at all. So that allows me to transition into my other topic for today, which is the power of words. Now, why do I love, the, I guess, this topic? Because again, I'm a writer, right? Or foremost, a storyteller, secondary, a writer. And I know for a fact like how powerful words are. Words can sway opinions. You know, the words that I speak can sway your opinion of me, of other people, of everything, right? You know, if I say the correct words, then you believe it. If I say the wrong words, then it can make you angry. But again, my words have power over your emotions. And trust me, we as people, we are very much emotional. We are emotional. Even the strongest of us, the strongest people out there who are, who feel that they have this thick skin and they can take anything you, that, that you tell them, you know, words affect them. Trust me about that. You know, I know a lot of them. So here's the thing. Words are so powerful. So why are we abusing the English language? Why are we abusing, I guess, words, period? Because when you say you're a victim, and this is my big pet peeve, if I come out there and say, you know, so-and-so, Asians are victims, or blacks are victims, or anyone is a victim, and I say this over and over again, and you hear this over and over and over again, and you're a kid growing up, and the news is telling you you're a victim, your parents are telling you you're a victim, I'm telling you you're a victim, everywhere you go, the president is calling you a victim. Well, what do you become? What do you believe? That you're a victim. That no matter how hard you try, there's always going to be someone above of you. Above you. Always some above you, Right? Because you're a victim. Joe Biden said you're a victim. CNN said you're a victim. Everyone said you're a victim. And if those people who didn't say you're a victim and say, hey, you know what? You're not a victim. Then what are they? They're a racist. And this is what our youth, aren't the youth, they're getting completely brainwashed into thinking. This is the power of words. This is, this is the manifestation. People are speaking victimhood into existence. You know, the victims, the, the black, again, the blacks are actually victims right now, but they're not victims of white supremacy. Unfortunately, they're victims of, of words. It really is. They're, they really think that cops are out there to get them. That when they get pulled over, 
that they have to they have to get out of there because they may get shot. You know, they may get harassed. They may get, especially if it's a white cop. So what do they have to do? They have to flee. They have to fight back. They have to shoot the cop in some cases. That's where they're going. Because the media, Black Lives Matter, and everyone, not everyone, but you know, a, a lot of a lot of left-wing leaning media and YouTubers have to put this mentality into their brain. And is there any way out of it? I mean, I think that's that's the really, you know, question that I have. Is there really a way out of this? All right, so I'm going to go take a I guess a break here. Cut the commercial because I've been talking way too long without a commercial break. Um, I'll meet you on the other side of the break and we'll get back into this. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer in chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So, look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So, visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. All right, everyone, I am back from that commercial break. I hope you join me on the other side. That wasn't too long, right? You just had to listen to my Anchor podcast there, my Anchor advertisement podcast. Then you had to listen to me shamelessly plug my wedding company. I'm sorry about that, but, you know, that advertisement actually works. It's a really cool thing. It's brought me in a lot of money. All right, I'm turning this down. Yeah, you know, my total podcast, you know, I think I've earned a total of $12 and I think 40 cents from this Anchor podcast. I don't have a lot of listeners, you know, and I think I have a lot more listeners than I have, like, that Anchor credits me for. But, you know, some days I have a lot, some days I don't. I really don't care. But a lot of my listeners end up booking my wedding services or my photography services. So I make a, I make up a lot of money or I guess a lot more on the back end, I guess through cross promotion through that advertisement. So I keep running that thing there. That advertisement means more to me than the anchor one, you know, but I think at $12, I think I can, you know, almost afford, um, I think a quarter tank of gas here in Hawaii, which is really great. I think I can afford, uh, an extra value meal at McDonald's. Yeah, extra value meals, man, they're going up in price. I mean, I remember back in high school when they were below $5. I, I remember that getting the, the, the Mac Jordan. I remember that. Remember the Mac Jordan? I'm not sure if they, they called that. It was a Jordan sandwich. They had a round piece of bacon in there, and it was a bacon double quarter pounder, which was great. I wish they'd bring that back. 
I wish they bring, I think it was called the Mac Jordan, but this is when Jordan was a hype and you get the plastic cup, the Jordan plastic cup that you could, that was, I think it was a collectible cup that I lost. I bet that cup is worth 20 bucks right now if I could find it. Did I lose it? I'm not sure. I bet I lost it. I have no idea where it was. Anyway, now I want to talk more about words, right? And the power of words. Now, just to give you a whole backstory of like, you know, how I got into this whole theory of words and all that, I can actually thank one of my friends. Uh, this is, this is actually, it happened while I was a screenwriter. I already knew how powerful words were, but he took it a step higher because he saved me. He gave me um, eternal life by turning me into a Christian. Even though I thought I was saved, you know, quote unquote saved as a Christian when I went to a Christian high school, um, I think I was maybe was just going through the motions. And then all of a sudden, my friend here, uh, and he's a pastor, and uh, he tells me, well, Steve, are you actually saved? I said, I'm pretty sure I'm saved. You know, we were Christians back in the seventh grade and we did all the Christian emphasis week thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was saved. I, you know, gave my life to Christ back when I was in the seventh grade. He says, yeah, but did you, did it really burn inside of you? I said, I don't know. He says, well, you know what? We better, we better make sure it burns inside of you now, like fire. So right there in the Starbucks parking lot, this guy, I'm not going to say his name here, but he's a great guy, probably one of the one of the greatest men to ever walk the earth. Uh, he actually baptized my soul, you know, um, and right there in, in the Starbucks parking lot at Ward Center. And when I opened my eyes, you know, I knew at that point I was spiritually reborn. I had tapped into my, the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden the words that were on the Bible that just popped all of a sudden things... For some reason, things just made sense, and this whole like, I started to understand the world a lot better than I did before. I, I mean, I can't explain it. I think, you know, if you're not saved, you won't understand it. So I'm not trying to evangelize to you and say, hey, you know what, you should go be saved. But I just think you just won't understand it. It's something supernatural. You can't explain it with science. And by the way, don't try to, you know, scientists don't have all the answers. Just look at Dr. Fauci. Okay, look how dumb that guy is. If you think he has all the answers and, and your life and your eternal life depends on Dr. Fauci, well, you better be thinking again because he is not to be idolized at all. So here's the interesting thing, okay, going back to the power of words. In Christianity, in order, in order for Jesus to work in your world or my world or anyone, right, in order, if you want your wants, your needs, your concerns, you know, to be addressed, it has to be spoken into existence. You literally have to speak it into existence, right? And it says this in the Bible, all right? And this, this happened when Jesus or God, whoever you want to call it, gave dominion of the earth over to man. And he not only did, you know, God give us the power to create souls and to create, like, life, but he also gave us the power to actually speak things into existence, now, Christians know this as prayer. Now, if you're not a Christian and you believe in, you know, self-help, it's known as self-affirmation when you look into the mirror and you say things to yourself and say, I am going to be a better person. This is a better day. Everything like that, right? In fact, even people who are, you know, struggling with drug addictions, they do self-affirmation. Sometimes they do prayer and everything, etc., etc. And this is the power of words, 
This is the power of, power of words. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter like what religion you are at because every single religion, they have to do the same thing. They, they all, in order for things to happen, in order for things to move forward, it has to be spoken into existence. So again, if you have a son or a daughter and you're a bad parent and you tell that kid, well, you're no good, you're irresponsible, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, you're all this stuff kind of things. Well, guess what? That kid will grow up to be everything you just told him he's going to, you know, told him he's going to be, right? He's going to grow up to be fat, stupid, ugly, not, you know, failure in life and everything like that. But if you tell him every single day, man, you're so great, you're so talented, you're so smart, you're going to grow up and you keep applying yourself and all of these things, well, he becomes or he or she becomes that person right? And that's how powerful words are. That's how powerful they are. And again, backtracking to what I said before, why is it that Black Lives Matter, now we have this Asian AAPI thing, right? American, Asian, Polynesian, no, hold on, is it American, Asian, Polynesian, Islander group that, that Joe Biden created that apparently I'm part of because I live in Hawaii and I'm American Asian, which I hate this whole hyphenated, hyphenated, hyphenated type of world we're living in. So it's Asian, hyphenated, Asian, hyphenated, Polynesian, hyphenated, Islander, and we're all victims. If we keep preaching that we're victims, well, we're going to treat everything like we're victims. So when we're going to, when we see a white man, you know, yelling at a black man, we're going to say that black man's a victim. He's a victim of white supremacy and automatically that white person is racist. So the government has programmed you to see racism where there's not. Programmed you to hate when you shouldn't. Programmed you to react when you should, when you should contemplate. You know, just this past week, uh, I think a video was released on YouTube and Facebook and it went viral of this white guy. He was in a cul-de-sac. And he approached this young black man, all right? And he started to say to him very forcefully, like a drill sergeant, and this guy's in the military. This guy's a bald guy. This guy's stacked. He is ripped. And this black guy is a very, he's a very, he's like a girly man. And he's very thin, you know, like no muscle on him. Like, I don't think he even lifted a dumbbell in his entire life. So this white guy now is being, is being accused of being a racist because he confronted this young black man, and told him to get out of the neighborhood. Now, what was this young black man doing, they find out? Well, he had argued with one of their neighbors, called out one of their neighbors, when this, and on top of that, this white man's wife, he had approached that white man's wife and yelled at her, this black, this young black kid, and he was walking around in this cul-de-sac in this neighborhood, which he, he doesn't live in, for about 10 to 15 minutes. Now, that's a very close-knit neighborhood. Now, here in Hawaii, I live on a cul-de-sac, right? So we know when people walk through our neighborhood and everything like that, we kind of know them, right? And a lot of times when we see someone suspicious walking around there, we do call the cops. And one time we did call the cops because he was going around our neighborhood taking pictures of all of our houses. And we said, hey, wait a minute. Who the hell is this guy taking pictures of the, of the house and everything like that? It was very suspicious, right? So the cops came over there, they interviewed this guy, and he said, oh, I'm, I work with an architectural company, and we're taking pictures of every single house. 
Well, they found out that's totally false. And he says, I live right down the street. That was totally false too. So they took him in. They took him in. What was he taking pictures of? Well, it seems like he was casing the damn place. All right. Now, again, when you live in a cul-de-sac, it's a pretty small knit community, right? So that's what happened. Um, this white guy, right? This white military big guy saw this black kid walking around arguing with his neighbors and all that. So he decided he, that black kid also argued with his own wife when the, that wife confronted him. And, and basically he went out there to not only defend the neighborhood, but to also defend his wife and to say, keep on walking, get out of here. Now, all of a sudden, Facebook says, you know what? That, that black kid's a victim because he's black and the other guy's white, right? And everyone who jumped on the bandwagon, who has been brainwashed by the media to say black people are victims, black people are victims, black people are victims, well, that's all they saw. They saw race, they saw color without taking in the facts. Now, I bet if that black kid, right, I don't care what color, any color, if a white person would be walking around your neighborhood for 15 minutes and you know for a fact that he doesn't live there and you confront him, you think there's something wrong with that? You think there's something wrong with confronting a guy who is walking in your neighborhood spending 15 minutes in a small cul-de-sac when he shouldn't be there? Taking pictures of your place? Or even yelling at your neighbors? <laughs> Give me a break, people. Give me a break. And again, we go on to this other stuff where we have, we have a cop. We have a cop over there in Minnesota. Right now, they're rioting in Minnesota again. And all these, and all these people out there, they're looting. They're looting all these stores again. Once again, Minnesota's getting burned down to the ground again. Wow, what a great city. You know, I think about a year or two, pre-COVID, there was that year of COVID. Last year, um, my parents and I and, and Pitmaster Keith, we were all ready and scheduled to go visit Minnesota because we wanted to go there to check out the Mall of America and all those great things. And then afterwards, we were going to head down to Iowa for the Iowa State Fair. Well, after that, after the whole George Floyd thing happened and we saw Minnesota, you know, just burn their city to the ground, we said, you know what? I don't think we're going to go there again because, you know what, Minnesota, they haven't learned their lesson and they're going to do it again. And lo and behold, they, they're doing it again. Minnesota sucks. Man, if I lived in Minnesota, I would move right on, right on out of there. You know, because that mayor over there, he's going out there saying, hey, you know what, maybe cops shouldn't carry guns around. Right? Which is stupid. Now, what happened there in Minnesota, you know, that woman, that, that uh, 25-year veteran cop, who shot Dante White, that was completely an accident. Completely an accident. You know, she made a mistake. People make mistakes under, the, I, guess, uh, I guess, under pressure, in the heat of the moment. Even the best of the best of the best, they make mistakes. And this is one thing I have. You know, when I do weddings, and one thing, I, I, it just bugs the hell out of me. When, when things hit the fan, right? And this is what I see a lot of times. When things hit the fan, I see some wedding ven vendors panicking. They do dumb things. They really do dumb things. Like I saw a photographer not put a memory card inside of his camera and shoot the entire wedding without a memory card. He would have never done that if it was just a hobby and he's shooting for himself, right? But because he panicked, you know, and, and he, uh, he was dealing with some issues and all that, he panicked, didn't do the right thing. Something as simple as that of not putting the, the, you know, the memory card into his camera. 
you see airplane pilots panic. And instead, when their airplane starts to like, you know, you know, something goes wrong with it, instead of pushing their nose down to gain speed to get out of a stall, they pull, they pull on the stick, stall the airplane even more, then crash it. They know better. They know actually better, but they panicked. And in this case, this police cop, this, you know, this woman, she panicked, pulled the gun instead of the taser, did something real stupid, and shot Dante White dead. Now, Dante White, on top of that, he panicked and he fled. Now, I'm not sure if he actually panicked, by the way, because he was wanted for fleeing the police before. So this was more of a tactic that he's done before. Now, what was he wanted for, by the way? Well, get this. He was wanted on some type of assault and battery on a woman. He had actually robbed a woman, a young girl, at gunpoint. And uh, that's what he, he, was, he was charged with. And he didn't show up for court. And that's why there was a warrant out for him. This guy, Dante White's not a good dude. There are pictures of him. There's videos of him on YouTube, you know, kind of rapping with gangster rap, smoking a blunt while holding a gun. <laughs> He's not old enough to own a gun. And here he is having a gun. This guy is not a good dude. All right. He got pulled over by cops. He didn't want to go to jail. He knew that he was probably in violation of something. He may have got, he may have had a gun on him. Who knows, right? But the cops there knew about it. So they felt threatened. And unfortunately, she panicked. Now, what are you going to do, right? What are they doing? They're charging her with second degree manslaughter, which it looks like from all, if you read the statute, she won't be convicted of that. Not at all. And what happens when she won't be convicted of it? They're going to riot again in Minnesota. So there's, there's going to be another riot again because it looks like Derek Chauvin, you know, the guy who I guess is being charged with killing George Floyd, but it doesn't look as though anything he did could actually kill George Floyd. There is reasonable doubt there. There is more than reasonable doubt out there. I don't think he actually did it. Now that I look at all the evidence, right? Not when you have like a person who is a forensic scientist out there saying George Floyd's death was not a homicide. He said that he died of an overdose of drugs, that Derek Chauvin's knee was not the police cam footage. The, the police cam footage, his body cam footage shows that Derek Chauvin's knee was not on George Floyd's neck. So that whole narrative that was created off a YouTube video was fake. How do you like that? Right. And get this. Let's talk about power of words. Well, how about the power of images, right, that they wanted to sell you on, right? Because they still wanted to tell you that black people are victims. The question is, why were they doing that, right? Really, why? But get this. The city and county in the state of Minnesota, they knew for a fact that the body cam footage showed that Derek Chauvin's knee was on top of the back, the, the back shoulder blade of George Floyd's and not his neck. But they continued, they held onto that footage they didn't, they weren't allowing that footage to, footage to be released at all. And why did they want to do that? Because they wanted the city to be burning to the ground. But most of all, they want, wanted blacks to feel like they're the victims of police brutality. And why did they want that? To affect the election of Donald Trump. How evil is that? How evil is that? Why wouldn't they show the whole truth and nothing but the truth, you know, why? Why? 
you answer that question for me. I can't answer it for you. You know, or maybe I can. I can assume that they wanted to control the narrative and that narrative was a very evil one. So who is the actual victim here of whole black of the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Are whites telling black people that they're worthless? Not at all. If you talk to a lot of these people who are you know, accused of being white supremacists, which are, you know, a.k.a. Trump supporters. Every single person would tell you, well, I think blacks can be smart. I think blacks are just as smart as everyone else. Why are blacks considered victims? They're not victims. They're smart. They can do anything they want. Right? Okay, so I'm going to tell you the story. Now, I, I told this story earlier on in my podcast when I didn't have as many uh, listeners. This is a story of my of a friend of mine. I'm not going to name them by names and all that, So, but... If they listen to my podcast, they're going to know exactly who they are. And this happened in Hawaii. So this has happened at the height of the whole George Floyd thing, right? The height when, the height when I guess, all these people who were just yelling it from the mountaintops, Black Lives Matter, and, and everyone was just, there were so many white people kissing the feet, literally kissing the feet, not figuratively, kissing the feet of black people. And, and asking them for forgiveness as though black people were the second coming of Jesus. All right? They're putting on the, on the pedestal saying, I'm so sorry, I'm a white supremacist. I'm so sorry for my, what did they call it? My unconscious bias, which doesn't make any sense. That's an oxymoron. How can you have an unconscious bias? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, I'm biased unconsciously. That means I, I have a bias without even knowing it. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense of, at all, right? You know? So, my friend, pretty, pretty white girl, pretty, pretty white girl, right? She tells me, well, Steve, like, what have you done for black people today? And I says, well, I don't, I don't really don't go out of my way to help black people because I don't see skin color. I don't think they need help. And it was, no, what really have you done, Steve? Because if you don't do anything, then you're part of the problem and not part of the solution. I said, okay, okay, well, I didn't do anything. What did you do? I asked. I'm just curious. What did you do? And she says, well, I went to Costco the other day and I saw a black man there and I went up to him and I gave him the last $20 bill out of my hand. I said, why are you doing that for? He goes, because I know he needs help. And you know what he told me, Steve? He looked at me and told me he's a doctor. I told him, you can't be a doctor, you're black. <laughs> I said, whoa, that's racist. And she said, Steve, you think he's a doctor? He's a black guy. He needs help. He can't be a doctor. I said, what are you talking about? You're out of work. You don't have $20 to spend. You should, he should be giving you money. And he goes, no, I'm, she says, I'm white. He thinks he's a doctor. He's pretending to be a doctor. He told me to my face, I don't need this money. I'm a doctor, right? I said, dude, you're freaking racist. And he goes, no, I'm not a racist. I gave 20, I gave him $20 and made him take it because he needed it because he's black. <laughs> this is white liberal mentality. This is white liberal mentality. If you are a white liberal and you look at black people and say, these people need help because they're black, <laughs> you're putting them down lower than you. They don't need any help. There are, it doesn't matter. You're going to find people who are of any skin color who need help. All right. And those are the people 
who need your charity. I don't care if they're Asian, white, black, or whatever. You know, by the way, there was such a thing as white trash at one time. There is such a thing as white trailer trash, right? But now it's white, they have white supremacy, which is really strange, right? So a person who was, who was white trailer trash now has supremacy over someone like a billionaire like LeBron James or Oprah. <laughs> this is the mentality we have. Again, the power of words. The power of, of words has led my friend, who's a very smart girl, by the way, to be a racist. And she doesn't even know she's being racist. And now she thinks, thinks she's not being racist by actually helping out a black doctor and saying, whoa, that, do- that black doctor's not really a doctor. He's lying to me and blah, blah, blah. He doesn't need the money. I said, dude, he probably has, he probably has a Mercedes outside or a Land Rover. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but this is it. This is, this is, this is how stupid it's gotten. This is the whole power of words things, right? The whole medium. You know, it's not, it's not just about fake news and fake news lying to us. It's about the fake news creating new narratives and basically waving a magic, magic wand over about half America and doing the Harry Potter thing saying, stupidfy. You know, that they have that little thing. You wave it around and say, stupidfy. And they make you stupid. Right. That's what CNN has done to half of America. They've literally turned people who aren't racist into racist and they don't even know they're being racist. And, they, and just for the fact that you're saying, I'm going to give money to Black Lives Matter, right, which isn't even a 501c3, by the way. I'm going to give money to Black Lives Matter because I think black people are not good enough and smart enough or anything. I don't think, I think voter ID laws are actually racist because I don't think blacks are smart enough to know how to get an ID. That's freaking racist. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Oh. Anyway. The question is that where do we go from here, right? And I think I asked this in the, in the first, I guess, um, I guess, uh, a part of my podcast, right? Where the hell do we go from here? I really don't know because, you know, if you speak the, tr- the truth to these liberals, if you speak, if your words are very powerful, what do they try to do from you? If you use any type of actual words that make sense or a, a sentence that a good argument that has a logical argument and you just want them to think and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe you're being the racist here. Maybe voter ID isn't racist and all that. Let's just try to think about this and all that, right? Then all of a sudden they shut you off. They try to cancel you and they label you as what they, or what they actually are. Right. So now all of a sudden you become a white supremacist. Like, you know, for me, I've been labeled a white supremacist, you know, back and forth. This podcast, I have so much hate mail. People say, well, you know, Steve, you're, you know, your last name is Young. My, my first name is, my last name is, my whole name is Stephen Young, Y-O-U-N-G. And I got so many hate mails saying, that, oh yeah, you know, Steve Young. <laughs> you keep saying Asian pride, Asian, you know, you, you're, you're against Chinese and you, you have Asian pride. How can you have, have Asian pride when you are actually a, a white supremacist, you know, that hates Asians? Well, that means I hate it myself because I'm 100% Chinese. <laughs> so, I just don't understand that. <sighs> How do you talk to people who have just lowered their IQ on purpose? You know, they gone to college, paid like a two, uh, forty thousand, uh, I guess, forty thousand dollars worth of worth of college debt, and they came out of there so stupid. They have no idea what a man or a woman is. They have no idea what life is. They don't. 
they don't think like a baby inside the womb that has a heartbeat, hands and, and everything, <laughs> you know, they don't think that's alive. So you can like chop it up, right? And then they can abort the baby like that. They don't think that's alive, alive, but then they think a little plant has more life and you should actually protect the plant more than you should protect a baby that's inside a woman's womb. And this, this is the life. This is what we're going, this is what we're talking to. How do you talk to people who are that, ah, that dumb? I said it, right? Can you? Can you reason with an idiot? I don't think you can. Because the idiot doesn't know they're an idiot. I think that's the first problem too. You know, you, you talk about words, right? The power of words, right? <laughs> the idiot doesn't know that they're an idiot. So if you actually say a powerful word to them that may wake them up, that you hope wakes them up, I think a lot of us are hoping that we're going to say the right words to them that will wake them up from their stupid liberalism. And they're out there, they're just like a blind loyalist saying, oh, whatever comes down from the Democrat Party, I am going to believe it. You know, I got into a, I got into a Facebook comment war with some like stupid liberals. So we have a we have a, one of the dumbest, I guess, representatives here in Hawaii. I, I'm not sure if she's a senator or a representative, but she's, her name is Maisie Hirono. So she's um, telling the story about how she was discriminated against while growing up here in Hawaii for her Asian heritage. What? Now, I'm not sure how many of you have actually been to Hawaii, but it feels like almost everyone here is Asian. If you come here and you're white, you are of a minority, all right? The majority of the people here are freaking Asian, you know, Chinese, Filipino, Japanese and everything. We don't even, we don't even know because we're all mixed. A lot, a lot of people are mixed and everything. A lot of people have some Filipino and Chinese in them and they look all, and that's how you get this like, people think it's a Polynesian look, but you're, what you're actually looking at is a mixed Asian person. So if you get some Filipino in there and some Chinese and Japanese, what we, what we call as a poi dog, right? And you, know, and you, and you put a little white in them, they, now they're called hapa. They look, this beautiful girl that comes out of there. They're beautiful people, you know, our, our hapa kids and all that. But again, and that's what people think are Polynesian, but they're not really Polynesian. They have no like drop of Polynesian blood in them. They're not, they have no drop of Hawaiian in them at all. But that's what gets mistaken for a Polynesian girl or a Polynesian guy. So what do you know, right? But even then, Maisie Hirono is claiming to be, you know, again, discriminated when she was growing up in Hawaii. And, and it's so stupid because Hawaii News Now, which, is our, which are, is our local broadcasting, you know, news station here. We have like one major one. They're out there saying, yeah, she's telling the story. And they're not even calling her on it. You know which race is discriminated against here in Hawaii? It's white people. White people. A lot of locals, not a lot, but then the, the ignorant people, they still call white people howley. They call them stupid howley. They say, oh, stop being stupid howley. Stupid howley this, stupid howley this. It is the white person who is a minority here in Hawaii. It is not the Asian. So I have no idea what Maisie Hirono was talking about. She's a freaking idiot. Oh, boy, do I have stories to tell you about her. I think I already told you stories about her. You know that, I'll tell you this story really quick. You know, if you listen to, if you listen to my podcast before, it's the same story you've heard. If you're just tuning in, this is a new story for you. But this is back when I was like maybe 21, 22 years old. And I'm taking pictures for this high-tech conference, right? Now, we have to take... Now, she's the lieutenant governor at this time, and she's handing out 
this award to all these people out there, right? So I'm the photographer, you know, that was hired to shoot for this event. So I'm using a digital camera. And she tells me, oh, when do you have to put film in that camera? So I just tell her it's the first time, first time ever. You know, she says, okay. I said, no, no, no. Uh, um, uh, you know, this, this thing is like digital. I show her the memory card. And I put it all inside there and everything. And I show her. There's no film. Three shots later, she asked, you know, do we change film now? <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. I show her again. It's a memory card. You know, um, Miss Lieutenant Governor, it's a, it's a memory card. We're going to put it in here and everything. There's no film. Three shots later, okay, Steve, are we going to sh- um, change film now? I said, what? Now I started to get pissed. Is she like stupid? I mean, is she really that stupid? So again, I do the same thing. No, it's a memory card here. Didn't have to change film. Lo and behold again. So three shots later, okay, now we're going to change film, right? So, oh my God. So it lasted this way for the almost the entire shoot. She's that stupid. She is so dumb. Oh my God. You know what's even stupider? Those the people who actually vote her in. I have no idea who votes for her. There must be some type of election fraud, or are the people of Hawaii that stupid? <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. All right, people. That's it for my podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you later. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies. Thank you.